It's tight. It's pretty tight here. I guess I'll fucking sit here and talk to myself, speaking in the Queen's English. I'm from Birmingham. I like talking in Hotspur. <laughs> oh, what a loser I'm talking to myself. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This right here, this stupid show, is what we like to call Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where we get into a different album every week. We get into the nitty gritty of it. We try to have a good time when we do it. We tell you things about this these albums that you've never heard in your entire life. And uh, my name is Tyler. And way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Yes. Yeah, Go nice. to iTunes. Yes, it is very nice. Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at SNI Radio. And when you go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to us, give us a five-star rating and review. Do not be a <sighs> stupid, dumbass Bo Cephas and give us a one-star. Why are you yawning? Oh, We're trying sorry. to have a good time here. So go do that because yeah. that would be great. Now we're getting into mm. um, this classic band mm. called Grand Funk Railroad. Mm. And what we like to do is we like to, to rank mm. their albums. We like to rank bands' albums, mm. right, Jeff? Am I mm. right or am I right? Mm-hmm. We do. So that's what we're going to do. But we're not going to rank all their albums be- because I don't know why. You just said, let's not rank all of them, but <laughs> let's do seven of them. Be, let's do seven of the 13 or 12, be, however many. Be, because they've, they've been, they're at their best when they were a three-piece. Uh-huh. And True. Uh-huh. And right. when they finally officially became a four-piece is the album I said, let's not rank. Let's do everything before that. But you decided to rank that one as well. So that's fine. That's the one you told me to rank. I said up until that one. Oh, my God. Which meaning, oh, my God. Exactly. It doesn't mean that one. I, I can take it out. I'll take that one out. Okay, we're going to rank <laughs> no, six. No, we're gonna rank because, six. no I want to rank six albums now. Because it's an important album because... That the song on that album is arguably their most popular song ever. Better be the one I picked. Um, it'll probably be, but yeah. So 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 again, they're at their best at when they're when they were a three piece. Toward their latter years, they they incorporated more musicians to help them out, and stuff like that. And then the album that I said let's not do is is <laughs> the first one that they did without kind of like kind of like on their own fully with another member okay like like we'll get into more so okay so so yeah so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> so so let's start since we're doing seven because jeff lied to me so we're doing seven albums so we're going to start from our least best to the best or our worst to the best maybe um uh, no, no? There, there are no worse it's, it's definitely their least oh, best their least best okay so what do you got for the for Grand Funk Railroads uh, least best? I'm gonna have a hard time with this in this episode. Yeah, GF, GFR, just Grand Funk Railroad, GFR. 
Yeah. So so what do you got? There, what do you got there? Their least best is is Phoenix. Really IMO, man. in my opinion. I have this on vinyl. I'm missing to throw that out there every time I have one of these on vinyl because I have a lot on vinyl. I've been obsessed with this band for the, for the past three or four weeks. So um, bizarre. Phoenix. Yeah, this is this was their first that was kind of on their own. It was self-produced, and it was the first to kind of have another dude join in, but that guy wasn't a full member. He was just like an extreme session musician at this point. Because he was he was there for everything, but he wasn't an official member yet, and that's why I said mm-hmm. this is the one we're going to stop on everything up until the next one. That's fine. Um, <laughs> Got to find me a better day. This is the second to last song on this album. It's very calm, very straightforward, but what makes it my favorite song is it has a rad harmonica part to it. Oh God! God have the harms. Oh, I do not like the harmonica. Oh. Dude, there's, there's a lot of grand funk that you probably don't like. There's some of it I didn't really dig that much. Okay. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got. Okay. So that's your number seven. Yeah. My number seven, surprise, surprise, is not Phoenix, but it is Survival. That is my le- that is my least best, Damn, my least survival. favorite. Survival. Survival. Yes. Their ugliest album cover. Is that the one? The caveman one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that one terrible. Yeah, so the the thing with this one, I I kind of like drew me away or like pushed me away from it was that it was less jammy than the other stuff. There was just it was more straightforward, which I didn't really care for. Which I'll get more into as to why that is when we do actually do the album. Um, also the snare drum just sounded like shit. It it sounded so small and so tinny, and it just it it like it was so distracting. But uh, the but um but um but um but um, all you've got is money. That was a pretty good song. That was a pretty solid song. Okay, okay. So that was probably my favorite off of Survival. But Survival, it just didn't really do much for me. I thought it was kind of bland, in the scheme of these seven albums that we're talking about. Okay, okay. So Interesting. Interesting. Survival. Number six. Yeah, Survival. Okay. It's Survival. <laughs> this is the only one that we will talk about that I don't have on vinyl. Oh, okay. That's weird. Yeah, I I have Phoenix only because it was free and it was it, it came with like a like a a group of a vinyl, including the album that we're doing, and that's kind of my intro to Grand Funk. I'll give that later. So Survival is is my second worst, worstest worst. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of different things here though. They, like there was a lot of singing on here, like on Comfort Me, but like you, I think the underlying feel of Grand Funk is lost. It's everything mm-hmm. on this album is just very subdued. It's very, it's very it's tame. Kind of boring. It's kind of boring. And, and Grand Funk is is America's loudest band, and and there's none of that on here. Yeah, there. I will say it, it's it's a lot of it has to do with the drumming, the sound of those drums. It was so lackluster. Uh, dude, I, I maybe maybe I, I again I think from a three piece you need everybody to be on point. You need everybody to be on their a game. And if one person isn't there, I mean, you've already lost a third of the sound. And so, sure. yeah, like if the drumming's not there, then absolutely. It's this, this album was just lackluster. The songs were a little bit better. They were a little more well put together than, than Phoenix, I think. But eh, it was just kind of, it was, it was boring for a band that has no business being boring. <laughs> okay. But dude, the, the Gimme Shelter cover, come on. Come that was on. Good. That, that was, was good. so good. 
Rolling Stones, <laughs> that was right? So fucking good. Yes, that was yeah. so fantastic. That was unbelievable. Zai. That was fucking fantastic. You the fuck Zai. Zai. Okay, so my number six uh, is closer to home. I I didn't think this was a very I didn't think this was a bad album, not at all. You're fucking nuts. Um, really, why? You are. You're fucking nuts. You are nuck and fucks. <laughs> you. I, but this is another one that was just kind of like. But this is the, this was what their fourth album, I think it was. I think it was their fourth, and it was just like just very third. much of the same. Or was it the, okay? So it was very much of the same of what they were doing on Grand Funk, but not as good. Like it was very, like it wasn't as loud as Grand Funk, and it wasn't. It was just it just didn't go anywhere for me. Damn. So that's kind of why it's so that's, it's so toward the bottom. That's that's crazy. Yeah, but I'm, my I'm not happy. But my my favorite song off this one is "Nothing Is the Same." I just I just like the when it picks oh. up, like when it picks up really good, and that guitar solo is super fucking rad. That one's like super split good. like right in the middle of the first side of that album, and I think it it fits perfectly in there. Yeah, it's that that's a that's a really good song, and that's what they do really well is they they're really good at picking up and going, and then slowing it back down and then picking up again. Like they they know how to build that 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 feeling that kind of tension. Dude, so. what the fuck are you talking? How is that your second worst? I just this one didn't connect with me, man. Because your connections are fucking raw and stupid and probably <laughs> corroded. You it makes you know, you're so stupid. You just go away. It's the way she goes, boys. The way she goes. <laughs> nah. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. What do you got for your number five? E, five plur- e pluribus funk is is right. is my next one. This one, I, I also own this one on vinyl. This one's kind of fun because it's in the shape of a coin, mm-hmm. like a like a quarter, a quarter, and quarter. and this one got kind of mm. shitty reviews. Actually, to be fair, like Grand Funk in general get shitty all reviews, of their albums. but it's it's damn good. Like like the vinyl itself is cool. Like I said, it looks like a quarter, and it's got Shea Stadium in the back, which we'll get into the 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 significance of that later. But mm. dude, this one's this one's not bad, and and we're getting into the for me, we're getting into the Grand Funk territory of where everything is at least good, and I don't think anything is bad yet. On on actually, from now on, I don't think anything is bad. I think everything is at least good to great. Survival in Phoenix. I thought there were some things on there that were that weren't bad, but they were just kind of boring and not what I want from Grand Funk. Okay. Um, but Foot Stomping Music. Foot Stomping Music is the opening track. It's got, it's got some actual funk to it, and it's got blues mixed in, and, and it makes me want to dance. It makes me want to stomp my foot. <laughs> it's a fucking banger of an opening. And oh, they, do, they do that pretty well. A lot of their opening tracks, are they, they come out swinging pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. E, e Pluribus Funk. E pluribus funk is that low, huh? Yeah. It just gets better. <laughs> All right, my number five is an American band. You know what's weird? You were bitching that for you were bitching at me for putting this album on my rankings, but it's already so high for you. Oh, it's, it's so a high good for album. you. Oh, you're such an idiot. I'm just saying it's not it's it's th- there had to have been a cutoff because they have so many albums. I didn't want to do all of them. There had to have been a cutoff. So what better cutoff than just to do the three-piece era of Grand Funk? And where an American band started their four-piece of Grand Funk and then beyond. So, yeah, an American band is, is my, my number five. And you can hear the, the keyboardist in there a lot more. You hear a lot more organ on it, which is Craig cool. Frost, I, baby. 
I like I like organ. I like the organ sound. I like it a lot. My favorite song on this this one is Black Licorice for sure. Black wow. Licorice was the best song. The closer to the first side. Is that the most popular song on this record? No, 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 no. What's the most popular? Are one? you serious? We're an American band. Oh yeah, <laughs> the opening track, the title track. We're an American band. It's a fucking banger of a song. <laughs> My favorite song from this album. It's so good. Uh, no, Black Licorice is better. The, I mean, it's it's just better with that organ solo. You have that that extended organ solo in it. That just like. That made it for me. That made this song for me was the organ solo. I'm a sucker for it. Just an absolute sucker for that stupid instrument. But overall, the song is more of like their classic rock style. Less funk, a lot less funk, but more of the classic rock, but just not as exciting as as uh, Grand Funk and the album we're doing for Album of the Week. All right, all right, so, all right, all right. So that's my number five. So what do you got for number four? Um, it is It is American Band for me. Okay. Okay. This was the first Grand Funk vinyl that I got, and I got it because I knew the song "American." We're an American band, and I said, "That's a good song." So let's see what this band is about. Whatever, and it's got gold. It's like a gold vinyl cover. The jacket's gold, and um, my my original jacket that I got was so fucked. Like somebody had finger painted all over it. <laughs> like it was completely fucked. The vinyl itself was in crisp condition. And so then we bought another lot of vinyl and the same thing was in it. Like the, the, the Weird American Band was in it. I was like, oh, cool. I'll just switch them out. But let mm-hmm. me check the vinyl condition first. So I open it up and it's a translucent fucking yellow vinyl. What? I was, dude, was, that's weird. I was blown away. I was was like, it a repress? Shit. No, this is like one of the OGs. I guess they pressed it in this translucent translucent, translucent? vinyl the color and it like it came with stickers in the beginning and like wow. my copy now is just like in pristine condition so of course i got rid of the finger paint one and sold that Absolutely. for store credit but yeah this is this is my uh this is my next one this is uh this is when they were kind of like getting back on their feet phoenix was like the true uprising from the ashes phoenix from their old <laughs> manager mr knight and and coming into their own but we're an american band was really their their they're getting back on their feet because Phoenix wasn't, it wasn't great. It, it was not a great, it didn't do that well. And they needed more hits. They needed more bangers. They needed something to sell out arenas like they had been doing. And we're an American band. That album provided that for them. That song, which is my favorite song from this album, we're an American band. That provided that kickstart to rejuvenate the career. And they had a fantastic career in the next decade because of it. We're an American band, man. A fucking staple of any hard rock. Black Licorice is still better. Just, just throwing that You're one. You're crazy. Out. No, no, it's just no, better. no, 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 no. It's a better song no, for no, sure. No, no. All right, so my number four is on time. This is wait. This is the first record. No. Yeah. Is it on time? Is the first? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah, on time. That's my. That's my number four. Uh, it was very much like a. Uh, it was. A, it was a debut album from like a a good band you know it wasn't it didn't it was just good just good it wasn't outstanding or fantastic there were no stinkers on it it was just solid solid How solid fuck stuff. Are you put in phoenix so high you are um, stone you are on meth <laughs> like you 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 probably have meth mouth because of how much <laughs> meth you've done <laughs> 
<laughs> so my favorite song off of On Time is a TNUC. Yes! Canuck. Dude, that, dude, that drum solo is one of the coolest drum solos I've ever heard. It's like, what are you even, what are you doing? <laughs> it's so good. It is so fucking good. What are you good. doing? Like, what are you, what was he thinking? It's, I mean, I mean, even outside of the drum solo, the song itself is really good. But that drum solo was just so fucking cool. It was so cool. That, that drum oh, solo like man. introduced the hard rock world to Don Brewer, and it was fantastic. Immediately, instantly put him into like the upper echelon of drummers, as a fucking well, like eighteen-year-old. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Are you kidding me? No, he's good. No, 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 no. Better than Bonham? Oh, come on, now you're just being silly. Just saying. So, just so saying. okay. Is that all you got? <laughs> I was just gonna say in this song too. <laughs> That that bass line is one of the coolest bass lines on the record too. And no, it is the coolest bass line. Just it just drives everything along. Oh god, it's so good. But we'll get more into the bass playing when we get into the album of the week. Okay. That's something I really want to touch upon. Okay, okay. Right. So what do you got? What do you got for your number three? Um, well, well, I I I had asked you to do this. You didn't do it. Um, put the live album in there. I did not put the live yeah, album. In there, you, yes, you did right? it. I did. So I if I if we had done the live album, it would be my number four. Okay. So I, I do also own that on vinyl. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's where it would be for me. I dude, it was a perfect a perfect representation of what Grand Funk was like live. And the live album did that com- complete justice. So if you ever see it out there, just pick it up. Which, I pick, which live album is it? I think it's just called Grand Funk Live. Okay. Um I picked it up for three bucks. Well worth the three dollars. Okay. I did not see it today. But I did see a couple Grand Funk stuff, Grand yeah. Funk albums today. Yeah, check it out. Which one did you see today? We'll talk about it in a oh, second. Oh God! If you didn't pick it, I'm gonna fucking smack you through this goddamn fucking microphone. <laughs> okay, number three for me. Number three is on time. Their their debut. This is the debut album, like you said, by a three piece, right? So yeah. so already they're kind of backed into a corner because this this group was kind of formed in the shadows of like Cream and. And the Hendrix experience, and so there's a lot of there's big shoes to fill from a three piece, yeah. and and they fill them. Dude, there's a big sound here for just three guys. There's a lot of fucking noise. There's thick bass lines, which is some really good jamming. Very funky, very bluesy. My favorite song, as well as TNUC or Cunt Cunt, <laughs> as it would be. It's a euphemism for, oh, is that what for it the is? word cunt. Yes, oh, spelled it is. backwards. Shit, cunt. I didn't even that's, notice that. That's kind of funny, right? In 1969 sort of way. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I didn't even see that. Dude, this song is long. It's bluesy. It's jammy, but that's it's so never good. dull. Like, it leads someplace. And like one of the reasons why I love The Grateful Dead now is like Jerry Garcia's way of, of, of leading you somewhere and taking you on this path that you know will lead somewhere eventually. But the path itself is also just as great as the destination, and that's what that's what kind of like this 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 song, this drum solo, was like. It it, it wasn't just a drum solo just to kind of wank wank around and, and 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 be a drum solo. There was there was melody to it. It was there was structure yeah. to it. It was fucking great. It was fantastic. What I liked about the solo a lot too was it, it was very tight. It was like very very tight. It wasn't like you know him just like hitting hitting the toms like like making like a tribal beat, like it was, it was kind of ahead of its time drum solo wise. Yes, he was remarkably tight on that 
on that solo and just his drumming in general is very very on point almost like metronome status he's but but it still has a ton of feel yeah yep not a lot of, not a lot of drummers can do that but he 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 does a lot on on their stuff so yurt so that's your number three yeah do your fucking final three better be phoenix pluribus and then red album Oh fuck! <laughs> I'm I'm gonna hit, I'm fucking gonna disconnect this goddamn phone call. I swear to God, it fucking oh so annoying. Uh, so my number three is Phoenix. Phoenix is my number three. Stupid. This one this one shocked me. It really did because I was kind of like getting I was I don't want to say bored, but I was just like okay, I've heard these songs already. You know, <laughs> I felt like there was like a nice change on Phoenix. Like he or they um, it was more like. Yeah, there it was, was a like, change. Okay, so like they they kind of started with like the bluesy rock, and then they went into more like like kind of almost generic hard rock, and then here they started to throw more like the blues leads in there, and it was it was more a little bit more jammy and a little bit less funk, but it was still there was still enough good stuff there to for me to really connect to, and I feel like the first track, "Flight of the Phoenix," is the best song. Oh, so good! Again, it, it, like it, it's instrumental. Over instrumental but absolutely fucking amazing song just an an absolute banger of a of an opener and i i honestly think this is a really good record i bought this on vinyl today actually and uh i don't regret it i haven't (laughs) listened to it yet but i don't regret it um but yeah no i I think this is a fantastic record i can't believe you put it as low as you did because it's not that great this song this (laughs) album was like it was like them kind of like going back to what they were doing in the earlier days, which was only like four years earlier, but the earlier yeah, days and then like doing it better than what they were doing. Phoenix is my, my number three. And I know you hate it, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> I, I, I hate it even more because of your number two now. <laughs> How do you know what my number two is? You don't know what my number two is. Because there's only two more. And and if your number one isn't the Red Album, then we're going to have problems. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So what's, what's your number two? <sighs> All right. So my number two is is, is the true number two. Uh, my number two is Closer to Home. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Their, their singing or his singing kind of changed here into like a more melodic type of structure. But they still kept like the, their really punchy bass lines and they got a wee bit softer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. A little more keys here, a little more keys than I would like, but overall, like this was a well thought out conceptualized album. Yeah. And one of their biggest songs, kind of like one of their biggest B songs, I guess, because we're an American band and locomotion and all this other song, like all the other stuff is kind of like their biggest hits, but, but, I'm your captain slash closer to home. Like the, the title track kind of the 10 minute long outro song. And like that, it uses every second of that song. It, it, it didn't need any more time, but it needed every second of that. The song changes its pacing and tone, but it still makes sense overall. It goes somewhere. It does something. The journey is the best part. But then you get to the destination, and that is also the best part. It's just, it's just really great. It's just, it's just, it's just great. It's just, it's just, it's amazing. It's not that. It's great. such a banger. It's, it's such like bottom a fucking two. good song. You're so dumb. It's not bottom two. <laughs> Fuck out of here. You're st- it is. I was oh. my number six. Closer to Home was my number six. I also have Closer to Home on vinyl, so yeah. You know, no, it's okay. It's okay. 
just that 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 song closer to home too. That I I think their producer, from what I read, had a had a heavy heavy hand in the writing of that song, and that was more of like his vision of of that kind of like elongated conceptualized song. So does that make you mad? Um, I don't know. Hate producers. I I do I do, and I I hate this producer as well. But I also I also understand that he's in their formative years, he was kind of like a necessary evil. Yeah, I guess. If I that's guess. even like a an acceptable term. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I can't believe that's your number two. That's crazy. Oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Nuts. Go ahead. E Pluribus Funk is your, is your number two. All right. Well, my number two is uh, Grand Funk. <laughs> just, I, just, I just spit beer all over the soundboard. Nah. There's it no was way. almost... My number two was almost grand funk. No, it like it was, it was close. But my my actual number two is is uh, E Pluribus Funk, like you said, because you think you're so smart. Uh, this one, this one, like really, you know, knocked my socks off because it was a lot of, like I was saying, like it was a lot of the same kind of stuffs that I was that you were just getting from album after album. <laughs> But this was uh, this had like a lot more funk. It was it was like it was like they got their energy back, you know, because they kind of lost a lot of it after Grand Funk. But for whatever reason, this this album brought it all back, brought all that en- energy back. And uh, my favorite song on this one is, is uh, "I Come Tumbling." I mean, it's fantastic. It has some of the best bass parts. Uh, there's a really good jamming on it, and that guitar that that funk guitar lick killer this can't be beat can't be beat by them i I don't remember that one i don't remember that one that much it's not gonna lie it's not gonna lie the opener the opener is really good too but this one the opener was gonna be my favorite but Mm. this one this one really like took the cake for me and uh and i did come across this album today at white rabbit and um but it was was like 23 dollars was it the coin yeah it was the coin was it uh was it the coin or was it like pressed into like a square no thing. it was an actual it was round it was circle. Oh, okay. $23? It was $23 it was $23 yeah, I would have picked because I was I saw it and I was so excited because I wanted to I was going to get that in Phoenix today but then it, yeah it was 23 when I paid like $6 for Phoenix it was ridiculous absolutely ridiculous so I didn't get Damn. it but that's had lot, it been like $10 or less I would have for sure got it for sure I did. But, I've got to be spoiled at her. I don't. I just don't understand. Like I, I haven't paid more than three dollars for a Grand Funk album. Dude, I paid eight dollars for Grand Funk. That we're doing, and then I, like I said, I paid six for uh, Phoenix. Knowing how good the one we're doing is, I'd pay. I, I, I'd pay twenty bucks for it if it was like a new and it was clean. I'd pay twenty bucks for it. <sighs> You're crazy for this one, Rick. <laughs> Damn. So I guess that leads us to our. To our number one. Well, well, well be, is, is that the only one you've seen that you have not picked up? Was just E Pluribus Funk? Well, this is the only time I've looked for it. Oh, okay. Looked for Grand Funk. This is gotcha. the, today was the first day I've ever looked for it. Okay. okay. All so, right. All right. Oh, yeah. That? So, yeah. Get, uh, so, number one for both of us, clearly, there was, no, there, was no, there was no doubt in my mind that this would be number one for both of us. And that is their self-titled Grand Funk Red Album. Boom. <laughs>
Grand Funk Railroad. They formed in 1969 in Flint, Michigan by Mark Farner on guitar and vocals. Mel Shacher, Shocker, Shacker on bass. Shocker on bass. And Don Brewer on drums and vocals. The band put out 13 full-length albums and four live albums. But the album we're doing today is called Grand Funk, otherwise known as The Red Album. And it's the band's second album, and it was released it's released December 29th 1969 just four months after their debut record and this album features the original lineup of mark farner mel shocker and the don brewer on drums so there you go there's a little bit of backstory and it does suck because because (laughs) the way this album was recorded the guitar is on one side of the speaker and we don't get to hear any of that so we just get to hear a non-guitar or or a guitarless Grand Funk record, which I'm kind of okay with. I'm kind of okay with that. You're, you're kind of, but you're not fully okay with it. I'm kind of okay because with it. before we even get into it, let me just say that that all three of these guys are exceptional musicians. Exceptional musicians. I okay. am fucking blown away by all three of them. <laughs> uh, so. So are we are we doing like first impressions? Yeah. So yeah, let's let's do first impressions, uh, our origin stories with this band and album. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. Hey, okay. Go. So hey, so, hey, so hey, let hey. me let me start the first time I've ever heard Grand Funk. I, I'm going to start with a quote, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's from a dad talking to his kid and his kid's friends about about music, and and he says, "You kids don't know Grand Funk, the wild shirtless lyrics of Mark Farner." The bong rattling bass of Mel Shocker, the competent drum drum work of Don Brewer. Drum. Who do you think said that? Uh, Wrong. It was actually Homer Simpson. <laughs> oh my god! This is uh, this is the first time that I had ever heard of Grand Funk, and it was from a Simpsons episode of Homer Simpson, and it was it was one where he was upset that the kids don't like oldies classics type of mm-hmm. thing. KLOS ninety five point five. Uncle Joe Benson. <laughs> type music and and that was the first time i've <laughs> ever heard grand funk. funk and for the longest time i thought grand funk was a funk band yeah and even still to like this week i thought grand funk was a funk band until i i realized that the same band that sings we're an american band was grand funk because i knew that song and i've i've heard that song many many times but i, just, I never i never put a, a name to the face type of thing you know <laughs> never knew so, so that was my first, my first kind of dive into, into Grand Funk. And we, we had bought this, uh, this 200 vinyl lot, and there was three Grand Funk albums, Pluribus, Weird American Band, and then the Red Album, Grand Funk. And, um, was this part of the, the batch I was in? No. Oh, okay. No, because I would have I wrote that down for us. Okay. This was uh, this was a different batch, and again, I listened to the Red album first because it was the earliest of the three that I had, and the, I, the rest is history, I guess. I don't know. Something something just clicked, and 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 it's just this this band was this band was fucking great. This band was absolutely amazing, and go ahead go ahead give your first impressions and we can talk about how much this band has been shit on forever all right well i've um i've always heard of this band never realized i had heard them in any capacity much like you i thought 
they were a funk band, like a a funk band from the seventies. That's really, really what I thought it was. Never under never knew it was a hard rock, classic rock band until two weeks ago when I got this record on vinyl and I put it on and uh yeah, it's just I was honestly blown away by Grand Funk by this <laughs> by this particular album. I was I was floored. I couldn't believe that one there was a band that sounded like this in 1970 or 1969 shocked that that even happened. And then finding out that it was just three dudes <laughs> was even crazier <laughs> to me. And then finding out like how popular they actually were was even more shocking to me. But no, th- this, this record is fantastic. And two weeks ago, I never knew who they were, but I've always seen the name. Always seen the name. Yeah. Yep. Always heard people talk about them, but never ever properly hear their music or made the connection to the music. So I, I'm glad I'm glad we decided to do this. I was very apprehensive. You you're like we're, we're going to do this album, just buy it, and just blind faith. I just or a leap of faith. I just um, I just went and bought the record off Discogs and without even listening to it first, just hoping for the best. And there you go. That's my, my first impression on it. Dude, I knew I knew you would like it because so much of their music is very is very unfiltered. It's very not not like so much this album, but a lot of a lot of their live stuff, a lot of their their music is just not dubbed. So when the yeah. guitar is playing a solo, you only hear drums and bass in the background. You don't yeah. hear an overdubbed rhythm guitar because there is no rhythm guitar. I do like that a lot, but I will say too they are really good, but they're not, there's nothing that really, like, there's nothing extraordinary. There's nothing that they, no. there's nope. nothing that they do that, that like shines and makes them better than somebody else. Like they're just consistent. Like they're one of the most consistent bands I've ever heard. I, I That's I, remarkable. I think overall they are historic, but individually, even though I think they're all fantastic musicians, you will never hear any of these three names in like a top 20, top 50, maybe even top 100 list. No, because, because they're not like together. They, 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 they they form something great. (laughs) I was just thinking of another Simpsons reference, which is, it's probably inappropriate and not, not kosher anymore that Martin said one time, but that's fine. Fuck okay. it, I'm gonna say it anyway because I think it's hilarious. So, so Martin one time was talking about you know Martin Prince, the little nerdy, nerdy kid they always make fun of. He's really smart. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he was saying individually we are nothing but like weak twigs, and he like snapped a twig, and he says, but together, together we storm, we we form a mighty strong faggot, and he held up a <sighs> bunch of like twigs and sticks, and he tried to break them, <laughs> and they didn't break, and that was really funny. <laughs> Because, you know, that's that's always funny no, to say it. bad words on TV when they're not really bad not words, bad. but kind of bad words. But, yeah, that's that's like Grand Funk, though. Like, like individually, they're not great. They are good. They are fantastic. But they're not, like, historic. We're not going to read about Mar- or Mark Farner and, and, and Don Brewer 50 years from now. We're only read about Grand Funk. And that's, like, that's, that's, that's what okay. they set out to be. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, it's and okay. It's, it's, it's like, fine. okay, like... Like I'm not bummed to hear that Don Brewer isn't in like the top fifty drummers of all time. Like that's fine. Like he doesn't need to be. Like Don't he, need he, to be. It's like the, these guys individually. They weren't going out to try to be better than John Bonham or be better than 
Jimi Hendrix or whoever, you know, it's it just, they, that wasn't the intention. The intention was to write solid music with okay lyrics, like pretty ge- generic run of the mill lyrics. But I mean, they, they, they killed it. I, I do have like one big problem. One. Oh, what is I, it? What is it? Well, I don't have, it's not a big problem, but I do oh, have God. one problem and it's the vocals. I can't get into his vocals. Why? I, I feel like that's why I, I, I tend to, to lean more toward their their instrumental stuff or their longer jammy songs because I just I don't there's I think his his vocals are so lackluster. They're they're the we they're easily very easily the weakest part of this band. I think the vocals are just there to to give you something to chew on. But it's like but it's not like a good it's not a good taste. You know what I mean? <laughs> You just like chewing the fat in between like the meals is is, is what's going on. It's just like gum. It's there, there's not a lot there. Like, it's not like good gum lyrically. It's there's there's well, no, nothing it, there. But like vocally, it, it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It, but you can't you can't have a band that just does nothing but instrumentals, especially dude. Like they would, but dude, the they would be so much and seventy. But honestly, like they would sound so much better if they were instrumental. But some the of their dude, some of the melodies here are strong on this album. Get like out of here! If they, if they, please they, don't worry. The best chorus like the, on this album, the shorter, poppier songs. If they had taken out the vocals and maybe added an extra minute to kind of like segue between parts, it would have been way better than an instrumental. Instrumental of that would have been better than what we have with vocally. Dude, I just, I really can't get into his vocals. I just, I don't know what it is. I think they're just so lackluster. But so, yeah, other than, other than that, I just I can't I just can't do his vocals. They're just okay at best. That's the way she goes, boys. I don't know why you like him so much. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on the vocals. I don't think they're great. I think they're good. I think you do need vocals here because I don't think I don't think there's enough music to carry to carry itself. I I, I do think you need that relief. I do think you I, I do. I but the vocals even are if fine. they even if they rearranged. Even if they had rearranged the songs, and like like him him throwing more of his guitar abilities in there, you don't think that would have been a better a better version of the band? I really think they could have killed it. There's not even that much vocals, guy. But there's <laughs> fucking but god. They, you were there's still, like, there's still fucking, too like, much. Like, fucking, I don't even know. Like Freddie Mercury over here, he barely even sings as no, it is. It's like true. Twenty percent of the record he sings. <laughs> I think what it is too is like when it's they're they're kind of like slower. So- I don't even want to say slower songs, but yeah, they're slower songs. When he sings on those, the more groove based ones, they it's just like he doesn't have enough. It almost like it's almost like he doesn't have enough soul to sing those groove based slower songs. Maybe that that's what's really bothering me because like the the faster songs, like the first song, the the got this thing on the move. His vocals sound great on that, but then you get to the next song, "Please Don't Worry," where most of that song, except for the 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 breakdown where they speed up, that groovy part, the groove based part, it's just his vocals are lackluster. This band, this band seems like soul, like a three piece. I, I mean, the, the history of the band. I, I guess we could just talk about it. The from Flint, Michigan, which besides maybe like a couple of years ago, like who the fuck has ever heard of Flint, Michigan, right? Yeah, nobody. So, so they're from Flint, Michigan, and they kind of started as a Terry Knight and the Pack group. Mm-hmm. Not kind of, they actually did. And, and Terry Knight left the band, and then Mark Farner moved to Frontman. So he wasn't even like Frontman to begin with. He just kind of became 
a front man just by out of necessity and then became known as the pack and then terry knight kind of wanted after it was all said and done many years passed terry knight not many years but like a year or two passed terry knight wanted the band to be a three-piece kind of like a power trio like cream or hendrix and the experience were and so that's why he needed somebody to sing but you still wanted to just keep it very basic and very raw so i don't think i don't think farner ever wanted to be or was ever meant to be like a front man vocally because yeah. i agree i don't think the vocals are great I think they're good at best. I think they're okay. I think they're good at best. But like look at the lyrics. Like he's not a like he's not like a great songwriter. Like he no. doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And they were like nineteen when this shit like came out. They're in like nineteen twenty. So he 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 filled a position that was vacant and he did his best to do it. And luckily the other three musically could back it up enough to where you be kind of forget that Mark Farner's Lyrics were, Meh. they're pretty bad. Meh. Yeah, they're. I was surprised, honestly. I was, I don't know. I don't know why I expected more, but overall, his lyrics were pretty much about hooking up with girls. That, that was pretty much it. It was but very, not even like in a complex way. Just no, just like straightforward <laughs> it teenager was, <laughs> writing in my notebook style. Like it was, it was bad. Yeah, but then that that also kind of leads to why I think that's why they. Half of the album were like longer songs where they jammed. I mean, most of their because, career was just long songs jamming. And, and yeah, which I, I I totally understand because his lyrics. I mean, I'm not much of a lyric man. You know, I've I've only been a lyric man for about a year now, so <laughs> I'm, I'm new I'm new to the topic and the subject. But yeah, his his are probably the worst I've seen since we started diving into lyrics. Oh, what about Elliot Smith? You no, hated, Elliot Smith. You hated way Elliot better. Smith. No, I see. I didn't hate it. Yes, you did. You I preferred hated his lyrics. Elliot I preferred Smith. his lyrics over his music. I felt like his music is pretty fucking boring. You fucking hated it. I'll get the. Fuck I did not hate it. it. I hated it. I hated that that either either or album like four years ago when we did it, but the album that we did last year with Mike, I don't. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot more. But that was because I, I dived in, I dove into the lyrics. Why? And why are we? That. Why are you even talking about Elliot Smith? I don't care you about brought Elliot it Smith. Up, you son of a bitch! I, I literally right now do not care about Elliot Smith because at you all. brought like it 0%. up. You brought it up. So so because you're trying to prove a yeah, stupid these point. These guys that are didn't from these guys are from Flint, Michigan. Like I said, um, I, I texted you a picture because yeah, I saw that because in the 70s there was an overpass and f- just like to show you how dude, I I'm like. I'm constantly getting ahead of myself. Let's go back a little bit. So Grand Funk has like, consistently been kind of shit on by critics. And not like, not like horribly shit on, but just kind of like passed over. Like, oh, that's just Grand Funk. Meh, at mm-hmm. best. And it's, it's irritating. It's annoying because that's another reason why I've never, maybe I've just never like been into Grand Funk is because they've never popped up on like algorithms because they've never had like great reviews. And yeah. it irritates me because... The way critics make Grand Funk seem is that they're garbage, that they're just not a good band. They they tried for many years and they just never had anything good, which is the complete opposite. They tried for many years and they've had nothing but good stuff, some of it great. And it just yeah. it fucking irritates me how much critics have shit on this band since like day one, since since 1969. Well, kind of piggybacking off of that, they, like you said, okay, the critics have, have treated them like shit. 
like the highest the review they ever got was for this record, Grand Funk, and even that was like a B plus at best, like at best. Yeah. Not only that, so they they put they've sold millions of records, not as much as like Zeppelin or or anything like that, but uh, like several of their albums reached sold over a million records like here in the six states. Six of their albums have sold millions of records. Exactly. So like they they've clearly done that. They've sold out many many large shows, arena shows, which I don't know if you want to talk about the the Shea Stadium one right now, but that was the one that surprised me the most. But it's like. I don't understand. Like so many people, obviously liked this band and went and saw this band and really dug them, but for whatever reason, Rolling Stone and any of the big critic magazines just shat on them. I think, and it, honestly, I think it's because the guys in the band are all pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah, they're nobody super fucking ugly. I, well, it's that, and then it's mixed with nobody like shine, like really shined on their own. So there was like nobody that they can go to as like the superhero of the band like because you know with zeppelin you had jimmy page like all four of them or at least three of them were huge uh queen Queen, clapton like everybody fucking knows clapton right queen you obviously had freddie mercury van halen you had eddie and david lee roth like you had these larger than life personalities but in in grand funk there was no larger than life personality they were just some random kind of ugly dudes making pretty damn good music <laughs> they were a bunch of ugly white kids from flint from a working class flint town that became yeah. like america's anthem mm-hmm. and I, I just there's i i don't even know where to begin i have so many fucking anecdotes and so many stories and so many things i i, I it boggles my mind i, I just dare I, I say dare i say jeff this might upset you this might upset you a lot oh actually Dare I say that they they were the Foo Fighters of the seventies? Oh, think about it. Think about it. The Foo Fighters have never really had like crazy. No, because, um, two reasons. Re- two reasons. Like good reviews. Two reasons. Because the Foo Fighters, for one, they're just not good. <laughs> like I've listened to a lot of Foo Fighters, and there's but, nothing but there not, I not, think I'm is not, great. Ta- and number okay, two, not, the mm-hmm. Foo Fighters are basing a lot of their success off of the previous success of a member of their band. Okay. Unlike Grand Funk. I mean, if you take the music out and the way the band is portrayed, they get pretty average reviews on their albums, but they still sell, still you know, perform at these huge arenas. They still make tons of money. They're still, they're kind of like in the same vein. But the, but the albums Funk. themselves are average. Like Grand Funk's albums, some of their albums are not average. And, and I know because I know everything. <laughs> Like I, like duh, Tyler duh. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna say they're they're the God, Foo Fighters of the so 70s. I'm so fucking mad that Grand Funk is not. It makes me so mad that I've gone so many years not listening to this band. It just, it really irritates me. Let's let's get back into let's get back into the origin story, okay? Okay. The, every good Spider-Man movie starts with when he got bit. So let's let's start with when they got bit. They're named from a local Michigan railroad system called Grand Trunk Railroad. Like, who yeah. the fuck even cares, right? <laughs> no. Like, it's so dumb. It's so stupid. It's so in- insignificant. And, like, nobody even fucking cares about the railroad system it, anymore. It, it, it's so stupid. It almost adds to the mediocrity of <laughs> yes. this the, the <laughs> band itself. You know, not, not the music, but just the band itself, you know? 
Just like a bunch some, of nobodies, just a bunch dudes. of nobodies named after a nobody system. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so. There's nothing cool. like like Black oh. Sabbath. Like that's a cool fucking name. Judas Priest, cool fucking name. Iron Maiden, cool name. Led Zeppelin, kind of cool. But Grand, grand Funk, Funk Ra- Railroad. <laughs> like what the fuck? It's like so they're boring. Nothing about them is grand. They're not even really funky. And then railroad, like come on, that's like so where stupid. is that? <laughs> and le- unless you live in in that very specific part of Michigan, you're not going to get the joke or get the meaning. Yes, very, it's, very, very, very okay at bat. Oh, dude, it's, it's unbelievable. The mediocrity but, is is truly remarkable. But the picture I, I I showed you, the picture I sent to you, um, so like in the '70s when when they blew up, early '70s when they blew up, there's an actual overpass, and it's, it used to say like Grand Trunk Railroad, and somebody had like spray painted over it to say Grand Funk. Railroad in like 72, let's say 73, early 70s. Yeah. And it stayed like that till today. And that picture that I showed you was me in Google Maps finding that overpass and then taking a screenshot and sending <laughs> that to you. That, that is pretty cool that it's still there. That is unbelievable that that city still allows that to hang there. And I guess it's been like vandalized over the years a couple times. It was vandalized last year in 2019. But the next day, somebody had re-spray painted Grand Funk Railroad over it. But I mean, honestly, if you think about it, outside of the shitty water in Flint, Michigan, like what is the town known for? Michael Moore? Is he from Flint? Yeah. Really? I'm pretty damn sure. Okay, well, Michael so, Moore is an idiot, first of all, so that's not really but he saying was in, a lot. He was influent, influent, influential. Influential? Yeah, uh, there, there you go. <laughs> Whatever. So, so okay, so let, let's, okay, go, like going forward. So these guys, these guys were kind of like a no band, and and they they kind of formed out of necessity, because there was Terry Knight, like I said, left and, and they ended up going to the East coast and they, mm-hmm. they were promised a tour on the East coast, like new England. And there was a gnarly storm, crazy storm. And it was snowing and they were completely fucked and they had no money. And they're like, damn, this sucks balls. What do we do? So they called up Terry Knight and they said, Hey man, we need a manager. We need someone that's going to actually book shows for us will you do that for us? And he said, yes, I will do it. However, much in that fucking way that I hate producers, he said, you must do whatever I say whenever I say it. And I said, okay. So they, so they sold a lot of their equipment and they got a ride back to Flint. And then that's when they started to become big. But at the same time, that's when Terry Knight started to siphon off all of their money. That's fucked. So they played Atlanta Pop Festival for free that was like uh i think no that was fourth of july 1969 they played atlanta pop festival for free so that was like right after their first album came out right because i think it came out in april like right at the same time like right around there they played it for free they got booked and they're like hey we have a last minute cancellation can grand funk play speaking of terry knight who i i I want to talk a lot about him i just i'm all over the place so they played atlanta pop (laughs) festival for free and they did so well that they got an encore. They got an encore. People wanted them to come back on. And that's even that's when it started the tradition of, of the, the, the bare-chested thing because it was hot. 
it was humid in July, and so they took off their shirts, and then forever, like from then on, that's when they always take off their shirts. And it's again, like you said earlier, they're really fucking ugly dudes. They're just they're not pleasant to look at at all. No, and there's a lot of hair going on. I get it, like the '70s was a really weird time, but it's just, they're not they're not attractive people at all. And I don't, I have a lot of vinyl on the, for them, and there's a lot of gatefolds, and a couple of them are shirtless. I'm just like, dude, you guys are just not like I Brad Pitt. For one, he's he's a very symmetrical like his face, the symmetry in his face is very appealing he's to a look at. Person. Grand Funk, they're ugly dudes, not not fun guys to look at. <laughs> so 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 whatever that's worth, whatever that's <laughs> worth. But the biggest thing here, the biggest thing is they've been signed to Capitol, and and I watched VH1 did like the what what, what was that show? They like behind uh, the behind music. the music behind the music. Yeah. They did the Grand Funk one. And I wanted to watch that, but I, I, I didn't. I w- was meaning to watch it, but I didn't get around to it. Son of bitch! So I know. The, so the biggest thing was was Grand Funk was not signed to Capital. Grand Funk was signed to Terry Knight, and Terry Knight signed the contract to Capital. And what the that fuck? I, that I is didn't the do it. that is the fucked fucked problem. Even more so is that I, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Capital was giving Knight sixteen percent, as far as like money wise. That's a lot. He was keeping ten and dividing six between three members. Wow! For many many years, and then, so so Knight helped create Grand Funk Incorporated for whatever the fuck that was worth, and he funneled a bunch of money into that corporation, and then that corporation proceeded to invest in oil wells. Damn, dude. Okay. Most of which didn't produce anything. <laughs> like, okay. hello? Which part of this doesn't sound fucking sketchy? <laughs> are you serious? It kind of makes me wonder, like, how, a, like, are, were the guys in the band that kind of, I don't want to say stupid, but I guess oblivious to the entire situation? Like, so don't forget. So, so Mark Farner. I, I understand was, they're young. But he was twenty-one. Mel Shocker, eighteen. Don Brewer was twenty-one when this came out. Terry Knight was twenty-six. So he was older. He had already kind of established himself. Like he was, dude. He was ambitious. He went to London in nineteen sixty-eight in hopes of producing with the Beatles. He he essentially made Grand Funk work. Like he 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 he. he He's the reason why they exist. He was like the but also the reason of why Grand they. Funk. The Danzig of Grand Yeah, Funk. because Danzig was out there. He was putting posters up. He was well, okay, he was, he was yeah, slinging okay, his okay, stuff. Okay. He was he was doing the work. And Terry Knight did the work. He he booked shows. He did everything. The behind the scenes work, not the actual art part of it. And it's and it's just, it's so poetic. I kind of fucked up thing to say, but because he he actually was murdered while trying to like he he was scolding yeah. his daughter's meth head boyfriend and then he ended up stabbing him to death in the back, and that's uh, yeah, it's pretty fucked which up. Which is I read crazy that because he kind of stabbed his band in the back. Oh fuck! I didn't even years. make that connection. <laughs> but the dude, was, mind you, the dude was eighty-one. Yeah, he, he, he lived a good life, and, and even the even in the VH1 behind the music thing, he was kind of a dick the whole time. He's like, "Well, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they signed." And it's like, dude, you again? There's no way. Yeah, you like, took advantage of fucking twenty-year-olds. Ugh. But also, but you also have to put some of the blame on the band themselves because, I mean, you have to notice at some point, shit's not adding up. Even when you're twenty, twenty one years old, they did, and they fired him, and they fired. Well, no, him. they did, yeah, but that was like five albums later. But they were, but they're twenty, like, 
and and, and again, like they released five albums within four years. Yeah, that's true. And so it's like you you trust somebody, and and that trust is completely blown, and you're giving a stipend per week, and at the time it's you know hundreds of dollars a week. So I don't know how much alcohol that can buy you in the early seventies, but probably a fuck ton, and you're living <laughs> a good life. And then you realize, like, wait a second, why am I barely affording my rent when my manager is buying, like, new cars all the time? And then that's when they approached him, and that's when he kind of was like, oh, you know, fuck off. And then they fired him shortly after. And then he countersued them for $57 million. (laughs) And they eventually end up settling out of court with him for a a lot of money. I saw they settled it, but was the the amount ever revealed? No, but but it was it was implied that the amount was a lot, and they gave up a lot of rights to their own music. Fuck, man! And it's just like this band has been shit on over and over and over, and then the whole tax thing later on in life. I, I kind of wonder the the mediocre reviews that they they did receive from the, the various media outlets was because of Terry Knight. Maybe Terry Knight had a bad relationship with, say, Rolling Stone or whatever whatever media outlet, and that's why they were Grand Funk was given mediocre reviews. I mean, it would make sense, right? Like 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 he's telling them they suck as a way to keep them. No in no no line? he no he it's no like he, he he's burned bridges, so many bridges oh, with I, these I media see, outlets. I see, I see, I see. That they they give the band mediocre reviews because they don't want to support Terry Knight knowing that he is the one making the money from the band. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm, I, I could see that. It could be a, a, a good conspiracy theory. I don't know, but maybe. I, I could I could possibly see that. One one instance that I think that, that Terry Knight did do well for the band was, uh, was the whole Led Zeppelin uh, opening act fiasco, mm-hmm. if you read about that one. I did not read about that they, one. Uh, they opened up for Zeppelin in Detroit. And this was, I don't know, this was like early 70s, I think. But they opened for Zeppelin in Detroit, and they showed him up. I mean, obviously, like Grand Funk. Is Wait, from. was this the Encore incident? Uh, no. No, no. What, what, what band was that we were talking about recently where the, oh, it was uh, Third Eye Blind. Sorry. Where Third Eye Blind, after Oasis Oh, played, that was, yeah, that was Oasis. Third Eye Blind came back and, and did the Encore instead of Oasis. Yeah, yeah. They, no, this was kind of the same. I mean, don't forget, like Zeppelin just came out with, with one... And then two was like late night nineteen sixty nine, yeah. So they were huge, but they weren't like Led Zeppelin four huge, no, but they were big. But they were big. So so Grand Funk opened up for opened up for them in Detroit, and they showed him up so much so that Zeppelin's manager, according to legend, came up to Terry Knight, grabbed him by the throat, lifted him up off of the air, and this is this is like heard the mouth of Terry Knight and other members of Grand Funk, lifting him up in the air by the throat because he was like an ex-wrestler, and said, <laughs> you need to get these guys off of the stage now. Pull the plug. They're done. And so <laughs> Terry Knight says, okay, all right, all right, all right. So Terry Knight goes up on stage in front of a sold-out crowd at, at Detroit and says, hey, uh, we got to stop because Zeppelin doesn't want to follow Grand Funk. And fucking Damn. bedlam ensued. <laughs> Bedlam. <laughs> I imagine. People were throwing chairs. People stormed the stage. And this actually kind of started like a tradition of whenever a Grand Funk show sells out, they bum rush the stage. And it became like a thing for many, many years where the fans just fucking run on stage because who gives a shit? There's a lot of us. And this yeah. was kind of like the start of it. And that show was completely sold out and Zeppelin never went on tour with Grand Funk again. 
Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> okay, so so that that makes me want to talk about the um, the Shea Stadium because this coincides with with another enormous band, a band that some say would is untouchable. So in I don't what was it like? It had to have been like 1969, 1970. It was the tail end of the Beatles, the Beatles era. No, but it had to have been it had to have been before they were before they stopped touring. So it must have been. 69 or something. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was very early on. But, um, but, um, but, um, at Shea Stadium, what the venue holds like 20,000 people, 55,000, it's 55,000 people. Okay. So at the time, apparently, okay. So the Beatles, the Beatles had actually sold it out back in the mid. Okay. So yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. My timeline's all fucked up. The Beatles had sold it out in the mid 60s and, that was great and all. That, that's actually huge. 55000 is huge. But Grand Funk sold that same venue out of 55000 in 72 hours. <laughs> it took the Beatles several weeks to sell out the Shea Stadium, but they did it in 72 hours. That is truly impressive. And, and don't, don't forget, people. Nobody talks about it. Don't forget that this was, this was straight ticket. This was straight window sales. This, there was no online ordering. Mm-hmm. There was no mail-in ordering. There was no Ticketmaster. You had to walk your no ass bots. to that fucking window yeah. and buy a ticket to go see Grand Funk. And they were they were dropped in like on a helicopter, and it was this huge pomp and circumstance. And supposedly, according to legend, structural <laughs> engineers were called in, and they threatened to shut the entire show down because of how much the stadium was swaying when the people were oh going nuts. God. That's so ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) This band, like, what the fuck? Why does this band get shit on so much? I don't understand it. And why does nobody talk about this? (laughs) Like, this is like a a huge accomplishment for a band that gets half of the ratings that the Beatles do. You know what I mean? Yet they sold this shit out. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I was was flabbergasted. (laughs) By this, <laughs> this this is truly shocking to me. That's why on the back of the of their vinyl, the E Pluribus Funk on the record on the back is Shea Stadium to kind of commemorate that that milestone, Fuck. that aspect of it. That it's so nuts, so nuts. <laughs> I I don't get it either. I I just I don't fucking understand. I mean, Knight did have a lot to do with it. He also got Capitol Records to pay for a a one hundred foot long billboard in Times mm-hmm. Square, which was completely unheard of. And Capitol Records paid for a billboard to to advertise. I think it was close to home or E Pluribus. I think it was close to home to advertise that album. And that was that was like people thought that was fucking insane because <laughs> there's a bunch of like twenty year olds on Times Square, hundred foot. But now long. that's now that's normal. But that was like the first time that a big record label would pay for something that big. Yeah. Fuck. That's nuts. Well, let, let, we haven't even talked about our BBs, our biggest bangers, dude. I, I don't even know. I don't know where to go. So, to wait, go. I, first of all, do we do we have any stinkers? No, 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 no. Zero stinkers. Zero stinkers. Sure? I'm posy. Do you have a stinker? No, I have no stinkers. Okay. Everything's okay to great. Damn. How, what, how many OKs do you have? Um, probably just one. Which one? Mister Limousine Driver. Yeah, that's the only. Yeah, one that one was. Too. The lyrics it's are just fine. so, they're just so dumb. Like, they're, they're not even, like, funny or clever dumb. They're just dumb. 
and the song is just very it's probably like the slowest song on it it's and it's just it's, it doesn't go anywhere it's boring it's it's uh, cool like you guys jam well together i get it it's cool but yeah there's no edge to it i mean literally it's the song is about him having a girl join him in the back of a limousine and telling the driver not to look at him while they fuck yeah that's literally the fucking lyrics it's yeah it's so stupid it's written that, by a 20 year old but still come on literally literally man yeah that's that, that's the only okay song i have to so everything else you have is banger to better banger to uh non banger there i got i got four i got four bbs damn i got four bangers okay, four what? four certified bangers for me all right so all right. What, what do you got for your your number one banger i think my number one banger is inside looking out okay that's a that's, solid one that's a cover so it's mm-hmm. not really their song. My number two, um, I guess, bangers is got this thing on the move. Really? And I, my number three, because I love, like, one of the only actual melodies that I think is solid is I, I love Please Don't Worry. But that song is like, Please the best part of that song worry. is when it speeds up. I don't know. Should we, wait, okay, let, let's, should we play your, your biggest banger, the Inside Looking Out? Yeah, that's that's an animals cover. It's the longest song on the album. The first it's good the first couple minutes of the song are just kind of like there for setup. It's mm-hmm. simple enough to groove to, but it's it's just leading up to something fantastic. And that first solo by Farner is very slow and starts off with like minimal notes and then it like slowly builds on itself and there's chicka chickas. <laughs> there are chicka chickas. And then eventually just leads into this crazy long solo that's very that's very like high school, and like a lot yeah, of his solos are I'd very, so. are are very high school. Like like a high school kid who's been jamming with his friends all the time, and he's pretty damn good, but he's no like Clapton. He's no he's like no, he's like, not Paige. super focused. He's not yeah. super focused. He's just kind of he's just having vibey. a great time. Yeah, and that's that's what this that's what this song reminds me of. But then but then Shocker's there. Mel Shocker's there. Like don't forget about him. And he no, has that can't forget about him. He has that cool like brown. Like Chris D'Elia, <laughs> like that oh thing God. that he does. Yeah, it's and so it's, good, dude. It's during it's during it's during Farner's crazy long solo. He's constantly, and it's just like, hey, I'm still here, and it's like weird and it's scary kind of, and it's just it's just an unbelievable closer to the album. I was blown away. It's really it's a really good great closer. I I do want to play it, but I'm thinking I don't think the guitar is going to come through. Because it's only on one side of the the speaker. It's it's the it's, stereo. It's going to be hard to play like most of these because they're longer too. Yeah. So should we not play it? No. Yeah, we can we can we can we can move along. Move along. Okay. Move along. With the uh, All American Rejects. That song's kind of good. I can't I can't hate you for for doing that. <laughs> it's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> so my my number one banger is it's in need. That's that's my favorite one. It's probably the most jam-based song. I I love that a lot. Um, the only the only thing I didn't really like about this song is the harmonica. But the, honestly, the bass line that plays while the harmonica is doing the little solo is so good. It's so good. It's so basic. It's so amateur. But it it, it works so well because you know that he can do better. But he chose to to keep it so amateur and I, I love that i fucking love it this was this this was one of the ones that i thought they they tried to write a song and then jam afterwards 
Whereas a lot of their songs, oh, yeah. it's just like jammy and then like, hey, let's let's write a tune to it. This one was like, they have a tune or they thought they had a tune and they wanted to just jam, inc- incorporate the jamminess into the tune. But like you said, that bass interlude that goes into like the harmonica part, it's, that is money. It's so basic. That is straight it's so money. so fucking basic. It's like some shit that we would make up when we were... You know, it doesn't. Cool. It doesn't need a fancy solo. Like just, it's just the band grooving together over and over yeah. and over and over, just finding themselves, like being one, being one. And that, that's, it's, it's such a weird concept to think that a band can't just groove, like just can't be one together. Because almost all bands, like in in any any capacity, start as just kind of like grooving with each other, just feeling each other out. And and I feel like Grand Funk, that that process has translated to to record well it has it really has and what what i like about this song so much too is that like i said it's that basic line that ba- basic bass line and then so the harmonica plays over it and then the harmonica he puts the harmonica down and then he, he he picks up the guitar again and he starts playing along with the bass just that line but it's very brief it doesn't happen for very long and then all of a sudden it, tra- it transitions into like this really really groovy bass line that is just oh it's so like thick sounding it sounds so good because before that it was like it was very hard and kind of like done done like it was almost like a not a staccato but it's, it was very kind of like in your face and then it just like it smooths smooths itself out and becomes so thick and then it jumps into this like led zeppelin kind of guitar solo where there's nothing else playing. It's just like the guitar playing, the the guy soloing on the guitar. So it's very <laughs> much of that Jimmy Page yeah. kind of like very sloppy playing. Dude, that's... Uh, dude, it's so good. That's his style, right? He's very... It's slot. Like that... His actual solo solo doesn't even come in until like the very... The bitter end. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. There's there's yelling. There's shouting. There's It's sloppy. It's got its own little tune. And it really ends the song inside of this album. Oh boy, and you know this is another one of those songs where, dude, I don't. The lyrics are so bad; they're so bad. I don't. I don't think any of these lyrics on this entire album are are worth noting. No, the the only one that I feel could even be mentioned would be "Winter in My Soul," but lyrically, that song is just it's just still three verses, pretty fucking basic, and it's still like what he's talking about is just. Like, dude, everyone's done that. Well, like Robert so. Plant did it better when we, he did. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So that's my number one. Uh, what else? What else you got? What other bangers do you have? I'm I'm still deleting in need to make <laughs> to make room. All right. It's hard so to, we are, It's hard to scroll up and down quickly. Well, we should write better notes. Oh, okay. That's uh, good talk. Got him. Uh, got him. Let him. How about okay? So 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 Terry Knight was the producer, correct. However, I read a lot of articles, like three, that said that <laughs> Ken Haman, who was the engineer, mm-hmm. he is the person responsible for getting the Grand Funk live sound onto tape. Okay. Even though Terry Knight put his name all over everything as as producer and everything, Ken Ken Haman. Who who owned like a recording studio or something where they recorded that, but he is the one that took a shine to Farner's shitty sounding distorted guitar live, 
and yeah. thought like, dude, that would sound fucking rad on tape, that exact sound. Whereas Knight wanted to clean it up a little bit and make it a little bit more accessible. From what I read, there's not there's like almost nothing on this guy, Ken Haman. And so what I read was he was one that was like, nah, I want that sound. Like you need that sound. You need that shitty fucking tone through that horrible amp you want that sound on tape mm-hmm. and that's that's what we heard because I mean, like we've said earlier he's not a, like a, the greatest guitarist of all time he's very he's very sloppy in his approach the sound isn't great it's just it's it's very it's very bush league it's very b team yeah oh but, absolutely but together together is where they shine and and i think from what i read ken Hamon was the one who really masterminded that sound throwing it yeah. out there no i mean it, it makes sense and it, everything about about not about terry knight is that he he wants to take credit for everything so i feel like he would have buried any sort of praise of anybody else and put it all on himself so i mean it, it, it's understandable because there's no way this guy is as great as he says he is but he is very ambitious and he he doesn't care if he burns bridges so i can totally see that as the explanation as to why that the engineer didn't really have much credit. And you can tell too, cause there's not a lot of mention about the engineer or even like the album artwork anywhere. And even on the mm-hmm. back of the album itself, the, the, the produced by Terry Knight is in bigger font than everything else. <laughs> so what a son of a bitch, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. Uh, okay. So what, what other songs should we talk about? Uh, we what, about, about the, what about the the intro? The the got this thing on the move. Like this one, that, this one, this that's one, my third banger. This one kicks off so hard, and it's just like almost instant. It's instantly groovy and it's smooth, and and once he starts singing, and the guitar gets kind of turned down a bit, and the bass and the yeah. drums really get going. They really groove with each other, and that that kind of really sets the stage for the rest of the album. It does, but then that that kind of makes it to where like the second song is a little bit lackluster because you you come off of got this thing on the move and you're just like you're banging along you're just there's so much there's so much going on with so little with the the small amount of instruments you know what I mean like yeah there's so much you want to pick up like you're trying to like track and trying to follow with the the crazy cool bass lines and. The drum. I mean, this song is this, is like really all about the rhythm section, the drums yes. and bass. That's this song, hundred percent. Yes, that's but, what shines. Dude, Mark has some cool damn fills though. Like he has some really cool guitar fills. Yeah, and like the second verse kicks in, and it seems like double time, and the bass mm-hmm. really kicks it in. And it's really squirrely and groovy, and that ascending scale that leads to the instrumental that's so is boss. Is so boss. It's so boss ass, and then it gets to the point where it's only the bass and guitar. I mean, only the bass and drums. I'm sorry. Yeah, only the bass and drums, no guitar, and it's just it's like perfect. It's perfect. This one is also uh. supposedly like a reworking of a of a song that they were doing when they were called the Pack. Terry Knight mm-hmm. and the Pack, and then Terry Knight left, and the Mark Farner joined as frontman, and they were called the Pack. So this was a reworking of a song they did. So this this song like predates Grand Funk mm. by a couple of years, not a lot, but but yeah, this is you know that's that's cool, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's whatever. still solid, solid fucking banger. 
All right. So, what song do we want to talk about next? Or are we? How how we doing? Are we? Do we want to stay on? Get this thing on the got this thing on the move, or do we want to move on to another banger? No, we can, we can definitely move on from got this thing on the move. Okay. So what do you got? What do you got next? Or should I? I do another banger of mine, or what? What do you want to do? Even though you don't, even though you don't like it, I really like. Please don't worry. I think it's. A, I think it's a fantastic song. I think it's probably the only song on here where the melody is catchy. Okay. And it's only in that that chorus part that please don't worry thing. So Yeah, but even then it's Whatever. it's just okay. It's just okay that that part. Dude, and then it just it like kicks into high gear after that chorus and then just stops and like it starts and stops and like, come on, man. Wait. Come on. Honestly, the song only gets good when it when it picks up and it gets it double times. But it it, it it needs to it needs to it needs to bring you down to to earth for a little bit. Yeah, but I know I understand that, but the down to earth isn't it's his vocals, man. It, it's honestly his vocals. Please don't worry. It's just his vocals bring down so many parts of this record. That's just the way it is. Oh, you're gonna give this record like a fucking one point five, probably. Like a fucking zero point eight or something. Just makes no sense. Okay, all right. Well, let me. <laughs> since you hate that song, let's. Um, I don't hate it. Let me let me talk about another thing that they got hit with, and that was in 1990. They got hit from the IRS. So in 1976, they put one hundred thousand dollars collectively into this this venture mm-hmm. into a disallowed venture tax wise. And so in what 19- does that, what does that mean exactly? They, for what, for whatever it was, they, they thought that they could use this, this thing as a write off or, or they could, they could deduct certain expenses on their taxes. Somebody fucked up. Somebody told them they could do something and they, and they, they weren't allowed to, which isn't an excuse because ultimately when you sign your tax forms, you are, acknowledging that is 100% correct yeah, and it's on you. So I get it. I get it. It's, it's not, it's their fault. But okay. But again, when you trust somebody to do something good for you and they fuck you over. So yeah, from so, so 1976, they put a hundred thousand dollars into this disallowed venture. And so 1990, they got hit with in, including penalties and interest each owed over $200,000. <laughs> from an initial investment of collectively one hundred thousand dollars. Wow. <laughs> Good <laughs> times, idiots, man. man. Good times. Honestly, can you even feel bad for them? <laughs> like, really, really. I mean, can it's, you feel bad for them? Because first of all, they were completely ripped off by their manager for five years or so. <laughs> like hardcore ripped off. Never, never really questioned it enough to. To fire the dude, and then they they do this like these this aren't the, 1976. These, it doesn't though. matter. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't how matter. Do you you, not, how do you not feel you bad think, for them? You think you would learn your lesson about trusting people? But they didn't. The supposedly they didn't know. And the IRS is like notorious well, for God. for like like if if you if you're getting a refund, you you can only go back a two to three years, and that's it. And then your refund's gone forever. But if you yeah. owe money, they'll go back to the fucking day you were born. Yeah, and, and so there's that aspect of it, and so 
the whole like, well, I didn't really know, and the IRS will send you a letter like once a year. Fuck it, whatever. If if they reach them, it reaches them, but it never really goes away. So I don't think that they weren't aware that they owed money, but maybe not this much money. I, it's I don't know, but man. Still, it's like I feel bad for this band. I really do. After hearing that, them trusting somebody and getting fucked over again. Come on, dude! Like <laughs> these guys, these guys are fucking naive, and they're so. So you're blaming the victim at this point. What you're saying? They trusted somebody, and they got and they got hurt. So it's their fault. No, it's not their fault. But I mean, you can only make so many mistakes, and when mistakes are this big, you would think you tried to avoid very large mistakes that affect your life this way. Like, come on, man. There's so who is the fool? The fool or the fool that falls a fool? No, see that doesn't apply in this conversation in this instance sometimes you can blame the victim because if they continue to make the same mistake knowing that they shouldn't trust people or they should be more conscious of who they're trusting they're putting their trust in then yeah you can blame the victim like it can happen you know and not to say the irs is great because they're not the irs is fucking awful and it's wildly corrupt and fucked but Come on, man. You have to know. You have to know first that they are like that. So you really got to like double check your work and double check who, you, who you're putting your trust into. I mean, that's why they paid people to do it for them. <laughs> and those people betrayed them. And now you're blaming the victim. So, no, so okay, okay. So I'm, then they I'm also, surprised. okay, so I we really also know. Surprised. So we also know that these people have horrible taste and judgment. So again, it's horrible their fault. taste and judgment. It's their fault. Well, it is their fault if they have a horrible okay. taste in judgment. Absolutely, right. it's their fault. Why would you not blame them? All right. If they if they can if they can't identify their horrible taste in judgment, then it's nobody's fault but their own. I mean, I'm not even going to get into the entire like blaming of the victim aspect. Of it's this, not the blaming of the. But, oh my god! It's you know it's not, and I know what you're doing. You're trying to get me all riled up. I'm not even doing and anything. And you're playing devil's advocate. No, I know what you're doing. Now you, this now what you, you do. Now you put words in my mouth. No, okay. So this is what happens. This is what happens with you. Oh, here we go. You, you, you see that I start to get. I start to raise my voice. I start to speak <laughs> a little bit faster <laughs> than I normally do. This is all on you. So, you're, so you're this the is only one doing this. I'm blaming the victim, which is me. Exactly. You are the victim. Okay. Yes, and I am the victim. So this is what happens. So that starts to happen with me. You you catch on to that. You're like a fucking shark in fucking baited water. Like you you just you go right after that. So you know what you know what's going on. So you start playing devil's advocate. Even if you don't believe it, you start doing it. Defying me. Honestly, I think you need therapy for your delusions. <laughs> I really think you do. And I'd say this strictly from like an objective standpoint and as a friend i think that you may need therapy for these delusions <laughs> because so that dumb. is that's crazy that's a hundred percent what you do like that is the the true that's sign crazy. of a uh of what is called a sociopath <laughs> oh so oh now we're now we're psychologists over here okay 100 percent. Right. yeah a delusional psychologist all right dr phil okay <laughs> okay all right all right all right, all right. All right. All right. All right. so so what do you yeah. what do you what do you think about highfalutin woman? Mm. Because this song was like for me it was dangerously close to being filler. Yeah, it was an okay song. It was another one of the okay songs for me. Yeah, it didn't really it 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 was like highfalutin woman and Mister Limousine Driver. They're the songs themselves are really dull, or just dull in the context of the record, and lyrically they're just like abysmal. 
they're just they're awful awful lyrics for both of them so they just they're just there the, i guess filler is the right word the say. only the only reason why i didn't think highfalutin woman was an okay song for two reasons one there was like a, a fake out to begin with to make mm-hmm. it seem like it was going to be a fast song and then it just it, it dropped into this very generic bluesy riff yeah and then the key change there was a key change like that was like for a shitty singer in a in a in a band that sounds like they had like three rehearsals to throw a key change in there. I, I respected it. I respected it. I guess. But then there's also that, that, that part where the keyboard is turned up way too high in the mix. Oh, that's Farner, baby. Farner's like, let or me whatever get the that keys. Is. Let me whatever get the keys. It it's so fucking loud. <laughs> it's so loud. Like it's so distracting. But I, I mean, I guess that gives it some sort of like charm. But still, it's it's pretty. It's not that great. Just a bunch of guys in their twenties that don't know what the fuck they're doing. No, they really don't. It shows. <laughs> but it's still good. It's still good overall. Yeah. Oh man. So I I don't know for whatever it's worth too. So they kind of died out during the disco stage, like when disco came out in the seventies. Yeah. They, they Grand Funk kind of cease to be good and and there's there's like a big following of people online that think that the only reason why disco became a thing was because grand funk died not because grand funk died because of disco it was disco survived because grand funk died oh my god what do you think about that I mean, maybe if I was if I was alive and and I I knew what was going on in the seventies, then I could make that statement. But people putting this band on a pedestal like that, I just don't I don't see it. This They're band, really good. They're really good, but there's nothing truly extraordinary about this band. No, it's false, 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 false. You even admitted it yourself. There's nobody larger than life. There's nothing truly extraordinary. But the band as as a whole are good. They're really good. So but there's nothing extraordinary. Individually, no. no one one Even member as of a the, whole. One member of the band isn't isn't better or worse than any. Other. They're okay, but as a whole, no, they are extraordinary. No, they're they're no, no, they're no. phenomenal. This band as a whole is absolutely. They're phenomenal. They're they're America's loudest fucking band. They're they were America's band for for many years. They they. Still to this day, like people fucking love this band, and and Flint, Michigan loves this band, and and their music is good. It's not. It bad. is good. No, it's I, not I agree. Bad. I know. And they still get shit on. And and even if you like Google recent articles from from various you know high high names in in in, in the publicity realm, like Rolling Stone, for instance. You you can see a lot of articles that are that are titled such as Grand Funk. Is this band really good? Grand Funk. America's most overrated band? Question mark. It's just like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck? Like what is the what the what happened? Like what happened with this band with you guys where you thought that just because one of these dudes wasn't Hendrix, just because they weren't writing insanely complex stuff like like Zeppelin, like where do you get off thinking that this band well, just needs to be exceedingly written off? Technical, but yeah. who? Zeppelin. They're not like crazy 
technical or crazy. At this time, Led Zeppelin two had already came out, and yes, that was exceedingly tech. The greatest, second greatest album of all time. Yes, behind Bigerton, right? Yes. <laughs> 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 yes. You're such an idiot. Grand Funk uh. is. I'm. It's it's hard. I get it's hard to play these songs because they're so long, and and you need to kind of really get the entirety of the song to really appreciate it. I agree. I agree. But I, I really want to talk about Paranoid. Okay, let's get into Paranoid. Paranoid, is then I'm good to go for the night. This is my fourth, my fourth banger. Is Dude, this one. so Paranoid, did you not get like a Sabbath feel here? Not just because of the name. See. The siren, okay. did this not sound like War Pigs? No, it doesn't. It, no, it doesn't sound like War Pigs. At all. No. No, You're but I think I, th- I think you and I both went into this song separately. We both went into this song thinking Sabbath because of the song name, because of the title. Like, so you're gonna try to subconsciously, no. you're gonna try to make these connections because subconsciously. I didn't, I didn't you read will. The tra- I didn't read the list, the, the track list until after it was already playing. Okay, but even if you hadn't, once you find out what the name of the song is, your mind is gonna automatically kind of like configure that into it. And then you're gonna get these like false memories or these false. No, ideas. don't don't Mandela effect me, guy. Okay, that's what's gonna happen. Don't we all? Don't, we all? No, no, no. We all fall prey to the Mandela effect. This this has a very, especially in the early kind of weird intro. This has a very War Pig sound to it. I don't know. I don't. And I don't, I don't hear it. Come to f- then even like just just think about when this was released. Right, this was '69. When did Sabbath's first album come out? I think 70 1970 baby boy yeah 70 yeah almost a year after this one now was there influence i don't know but also I paranoid paranoid was the second album no so so you're right paranoid so 71 the song, i think the song paranoid itself, paranoid has nothing to do with this song i i find zero connections whatsoever it's yeah. war pigs is the is the issue that i have but not, war not pigs issue, but, but but War Pigs was on their second album, was on Paranoid. But it was still 1970. Was it? Were both albums in 1970? Yeah. The first two Zeppelins were 1970. Or two first two Sabbaths. Or, yeah, Sabbaths, sorry. Were 1970. Okay, okay. This, dude, I, I don't know, man. I, it's, I, think, I think there's a lot of similarities. Not, not a lot of similarities. I think there's homage <laughs> to be paid from War Pigs that maybe no one's ever even thought of. And it kind of goes into like the whole... Let's shit on Grand Funk thing because let's say Zeppelin or fuck why do I keep saying Zeppelin? Let's say Sabbath actually did <laughs> have some type of homage put into War Pigs for Grand Funk, but who the fuck cares, right? Because Grand Funk is is everybody's whipping Bowie. Like who also, gives a I, shit? I don't think I don't think a band like Sabbath would have even heard of Grand Funk by Get by the, the time fuck out of here. by the time that they wrote Paranoid. Fucking I don't feel guy. like they would have really. I feel like they no. would not have. No, I, I no Zeppelin I, was all pissed off, and so they went back to England. They said, "Oi," in their <laughs> Queen's English. They said, "Oi, fucking Aussie, this this band Grand Funk fucking showed us up and stuff." So fuck them. And Zeppelin's like, you know, Aussie talks because no one's in the front. The fuck he says, and and that's they all talk to each other over there. All the big your, bands. From the your impressions 70s. are on point tonight. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Okay. Fucking on point. I'm sticking with it. I'm no, sticking there, with there's it. No, I, I, okay, so there, there's. Less I know than you a love. Year. I know you love Sabbath so much, and I get it. Dude, right? They're so, so rod, good. bro. But for to, sure, bro. To, to deny to 
deny that there's even like an aspect, even a smidge, even a molecule of influence of Grand Funk into Savage. I don't. I don't feel is reckless. I think you're being reckless. Honestly, the 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 time the time difference between this record, Grand Funk, and Sabbath's Paranoid record. It's less than a year. There's no way. Just because it's less than a year There's doesn't no mean that way. it's influential. Look at CCR. They There's released no way. banger after banger after banger I understand in that. less than I a year. No, I understand Less that, than a year but, is an eternity but we're talking, in the we're music talking about, But we're also talking about an influence to where like who's like more, more likely than not, they would have not heard this Grand Funk record, if at all, within a year of its release. Especially being in Birmingham. And then being in Flint, Michigan, or even Detroit, like the the chances and likelihood of of them taking influences from this fairly small band, but who's within it, who, a year? It's just it's no not way. just this album though. This is the Grand Funk sound, and who's to say that this sound they didn't mess with it beforehand playing shows? And who's to say like Geezer fucking. Iomi wasn't at a show at like the Atlanta Pop Festival at some of these big bands. Like, wow, because that's a fucking they didn't, cool sound. Because they didn't tour the U.S. at that point. Not saying they touring, just being there. They're musicians not, if, went to shows. Do you? Yeah, like, musicians they went, went, to, went shows to shows locally, but they went to shows locally, locally? back in the seventies. Get out of here! They were fucking all over the place. They the, they'll the go line. to Reeds. They'll on. go to Letting. You're, you're wherever, trying. You're trying so Redding. hard to deny the fact that possibly. There could be an influence on Sabbath from Grand Funk. I'm not. It's, I'm okay. It's, it's it's gross. To be honest, it's reckless and it's gross. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not denying. Right I'm not denying that there may have been an been you, an you influence. Did. But 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 um, <laughs> <laughs> but the chances of it are just so small, and it's such a reach. It's. It, it's beyond a reach. But listening to Paranoid, it's not a reach because there are so many similarities to Warpigs. No. The noises no. are like the same fucking thing. Dude, it's a generic noise. It's a fucking alarm. Never heard it in my life. I've only heard it twice in my life. Oh, my God. Dude. One being Paranoid, Grand Funk. It's the bombing the raid sirens. They're, they're the bombing raid sirens. I don't even know what you're even saying right now. You, might you know exactly what Chinese I'm saying. I have literally no idea what you're saying. You know what I'm saying and you're trying to cover it up by by speaking over me. Oh, now, now I'm not speaking over you at all. Now you're trying you to were, tell though. me what to do. But you were. Like you were trying to blame Dr. Phil. Or you. That's fine. <laughs> so Sabbath took, <laughs> took things from Paranoid to make war pigs. And that's why I like Paranoid a lot. Because it's uh, it's 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 because slow. You, you made up this dramatic in your in your own mind. Yeah, Farner Farner is fucking great. Duke can handle anything fairly well. Not great, but fairly well. You put Farner in like any band. You put Farner in any band, be it like jazz, classical, fucking punk, and he'll do he'll do fine. Yeah, he'll do well. Yeah. He, he won't he won't shine, but dude, he'll, he he's he's a jack of all trades, but master of none, as they say. He's just—he's like some erratic kid just trying to wank. It's—it's it's childish. It's pure. I absolutely love it. I think "Paranoia" is a fantastic song. It's good. Yeah, for sure, it's good. And 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 longevity. I think it's amazing that it's influenced Sabbath so much, even to this day. So that is—that's um, pretty much all I got <laughs> as far as everything. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. So I guess let, let's give our final thoughts and then we'll we'll give our give our ratings out of our three point rating system where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album you're gonna continue to listen to. One's a bad album, but at least give it a shot so you don't sound like an idiot when you're talking about it. 
and then zero is something that should have never been made. It's something that you would, after you listen to it, you wish your ears were run over by a truck because it's that bad. And that doesn't make any sense. I don't think we've ever given a, have we given a zero? No, I think we, we've given a one. Yeah, we've given at least like four or five ones. We gave a one to Santana's Supernatural. I know that. That was rough. That was so. That was really bad. That was that was only rough because of the the subject material beforehand. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that might have been the only one we've given that. No, like common. Remember that common album we did? That was pretty shitty. But that was before our three point rating system. That's right. So that predates that. But anyway, yeah. So what are your final thoughts on this uh, on this record? Grand Grand Funk Railroad album. Railroad. There's only one L. Railroad. So, I've always kind of known that Grand Funk has been, like, at the end of all the shit sticks of everybody. Mm -hmm. And I've always just accepted that it's okay. I've always just thought, like, okay, well, their name's Grand Funk Railroad. We talked about it earlier. That's a dumb name. They can't be good. And had it not (laughs) been for this new, like, vinyl obsession, honestly, I probably never would have been into Grand Funk. And I never would have given them a chance and that's not to like discount me because dude there's millions and millions of of groups out there i can't listen to all of them so listening to grand funk i is really solidified that like there is something seriously seriously wrong with journalism and music and in general and critics and the entire kind of infrastructure of such because if it's been going down since like 1969 till today, dude, like what are we even fucking doing? Like what are we even doing? Because as many articles I read about how great Grand Funk was, I read double the amount of how shitty and overrated and dumb and horrible that they were. And every single one I felt like, have you even listened to Grand Funk? <laughs> like, did, did, you even, did you even listen, bro? So I don't, I don't know. For whatever that's worth, it's just fuck off, guys. I mean, this 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 group is amazing. They're so awesome. I I love them to death. They're just they're they're what people set out to be when they start playing music with their friends, and they achieved it, and they killed it, and they put their trust in people they probably shouldn't have. But let's blame the victim. Other than that, I think uh, <laughs> I think this album <laughs> is fantastic. I don't think it's perfect, but I'm gonna give it two point eight. This is a 2.8. That high, huh? Yeah, this is a 2.8. Easy. Thankfully, you didn't give it a perfect. The one time, I'm, I'm glad you didn't give something a perfect. No, th- it, wasn't, it wasn't perfect. I don't think anything about this band is perfect, actually. I, I think that's what makes them unique is, is they will never be perfect. I think they all understood that from the get-go. All right, well, my final thoughts are, once again, this band is a band I've never, I never knew, really knew about until two weeks ago. Uh, musically, I never knew about them, but I knew the name. And uh, honestly, was was kind of blown away by it. I was very, very pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed my listen of uh, the first seven records. Did enjoy it. Nothing below a two. For sure, nothing below a two. But nothing perfect. I will not give this 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 album a perfect score because it doesn't deserve a perfect score. Yeah. And and I agree with you. I agree on with what you said, like, it's just a band. They're they're jamming. They're having fun with their friends, and it's that innocence. It's that that kind of amateur style, which I think is sounds so good because 
so many bands you hear from the 70s they're they're like they're just like too good like they they have like too zeppelin. much of they have no not just zeppelin but like they have too much too much vibe they have too much like like they're almost like they they have something to prove but this band they 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 don't have anything to prove they're just they're just hanging out like yeah. it's so it's so innocent this band is so fucking innocent and maybe that's why that's why they never were never really like touched upon like on the big with the big media outlets because they weren't dangerous they weren't they weren't trying to prove something they were just hanging out you know so I, that might be another reason why they were never as big but i'm going to have to give this album a two and a half 2.5. Oh, that's pretty high. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I, all right. I was going between a 2.2 and a 2.5, but that's I'm going to have difference. to go with 2.5. That is a big difference, a huge difference. So 2.5 out of three for me on this Grand Funk Railroad album called Grand Funk. Oh, boy. So is that, is that all we have for this? We, we got anything else to say? What it, what's going on with you? No, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's all. That's all I got to say about that. Okay, well, this is Asinine. He would say that, too. So this is Asinine Radio. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. I mean, mm. we're we're deep into this one. If you got this far, that's great. If not, <laughs> that's great. fuck you. Fuck you if you didn't get this far. Fuck those they, people who didn't get this far. They wouldn't hear you're fucking them anyway. Cause exactly, that's why I'm saying it. Oh, I gotcha, gotcha, They gotcha, won't gotcha. know I'm being mean. Gotcha. So go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at S9 Radio. Uh, We already know what we're doing next week, but I'm not going to tell you what we're doing because I like to be withholding. So that's it. That's all. Doesn't make much sense to keep it. If you, you know what, like. Tyler? This is this is a collection, and when you collect things, you just you collect them. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You think do California I? is is awful, and yes. you you think that nine is good, <laughs> but you're just in straight denial. <laughs> like you, you can't you can't you can't take the hit of knowing that Blink put out another bad record, so you're pretending to like nine. <laughs> That's what it is. You can't go through that that pain and torment. I do. I do like nine. I, I do. You don't like nine. Don't I, be I do. stupid. Shut up. You don't I like do. it. I do like nine. Yep. <laughs> You're so mm-hmm. dumb. I do. And and again, like that's that's why that's why producers feel like just the fuck up out of here. You hear him sneezing? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that was. <laughs> Fucking sneezing, this guy. Who sneezes? <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> Who sneezes? Yeah. It's tight. It's pretty tight here. Yeah. Yes, I'll fucking sit here and talk to myself, speaking in the Queen's English. I'm from Birmingham. I like talking in Hotspur. Oh, what a loser I'm talking to myself. I guess I'll stop it.